Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And one of the best ways to do that is by learning new and fascinating information about the history of our planet. And that's why I am especially excited to speak with our guest today, Ann Williams. Ann is an archaeologist and National Geographic editor who specializes in writing about the ancient world and cultural heritage preservation and in her role Anne has been lucky enough to witness many incredible and awe-inspiring discoveries in turn she shares these amazing discoveries in the book she's talking about today it is called lost cities ancient tombs and it's literally a treasure trove of tombs temples and lots more you can hear the excitement in my voice I'm thrilled to speak with you so welcome Anne Thank you for having me. This is fun. Well, good. I hope it continues to be. But before we get onto the book itself, I want to congratulate you on taking the major role in the creation of such a incredible resource. This thing is a is a tome, not a tomb, but a tome in and of itself. It's so incredible, and it must have been a true labor of love for you and the various contributors. So before we get into the book, like I mentioned, I'd like to ask you a little bit about your personal history and what led you to become so fascinated by ancient history? Sure. Uh, well, uh, this all started when I was in college. I went to college as an English major because I thought I wanted to be a writer. Um, but I ended up hating the English department. Um, and I took an archaeology class just to fulfill a history requirement. And I liked it. So I took more and more classes and ended up majoring in it. And then I went on and I got my master's degree. And although I did go into journalism and, and did turn out to be a writer, um, I have been connected to the, the um, profession of archaeology for now many years. And what an exciting, wonderful thing to be interested in. I mean, you must have traveled the world and, like I say, been part of the, some amazing discoveries. It must have been, you're leading quite a life, I'm sure, Anne. <laughs> it has had its moments. <laughs> I, I, have been very, I have been very lucky, you know, I... A lot of my work at National Geographic was in the office. I mean, that was just how the business was working out when I was there. But I did get some extraordinary opportunities to go to the field and, um, and, and be on archaeological sites for the moments of discovery um, that were just really um, personally thrilling, but also, you know, illuminating from an archaeological point of view. And um, several of those um, um, experiences um, led to stories in National Geographic magazine and then to also chapters in this new book. 
So, uh, well, Anne, I mean, a, here a, you, a I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but you got to combine your love of writing, your love of archaeology, and I'm sure you enjoy sharing your knowledge with people. So this has to be a win, 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 and it certainly is for your readers because, oh, my goodness, I was thrilled to get this one. This is, a, you know, anyway, quite an amazing experience to read through these books or read through this book. So uh, tell us a little bit about how the concept came into, you know, and how you developed a book of this magnitude and what our listeners can expect to find when they pick up their own copy. Well, um, I I would say, you know, I'm like you. The book came in the mail. I opened up the carton. I I took the book out, and it is such a, a substantial volume filled with great stuff that I can hardly believe it's something that I actually had a big hand in creating. Um, I, I, uh, I actually quite like it. Um, how it started was with, <laughs> it started with a book editor at National Geographic whose name is Hillary Black. And she thought that it would be really interesting to do something on the 100 most spectacular, interesting, impactful archaeological discoveries ever. In fact, the working title for this book for many months was 100 Discoveries. Um, And she and I, we sort of knew of each other um, and probably had seen each other on campus but really had not connected up until this book. And she knew that I covered archaeology and she reached out to me and said task number one is to come up with the 100 um, discoveries and so I was off and running I have been covering archaeology for so long now that I came up with about 80 discoveries just off the top of my head one of the things yeah one of the really fun things about this is my husband who has supported this from the get-go um it used to be in the coast guard so he came into my office one day and he said so did you put the mary rose on the list and i said well no i hadn't so i looked up the mary rose it was a warship belonging to king henry the eighth Um, that was fighting France off the southern coast of England and went down. And there it lay until, I think, the 1960s. And because all of the timbers of the ship and the contents had been sealed in all of the anaerobic mud at the bottom of the um, water there off the south coast of England, I think it's called the Solent River, Um, they they were all preserved. And so um, the experts were able to retrieve almost the entire ship and reassemble it in a purpose-built museum in Portsmouth in England. And it's not only the ship that's extraordinary, but all of the things that the sailors were using and enjoying and working with when they were on that ship. It's all there, all preserved in the ship. Um, And so that came about because my husband wandered into my office and said, how about this? There were other chapters. Yeah, I know. There were other chapters that um, Hillary had in those days, a wonderful assistant named Mariah Petty. 
And Mariah knew of a couple of um, discoveries, and one that she really loved and really promoted quite uh, vigorously. It's called the Riace Bronzes. Now, my degree is in classical and Near Eastern archaeology. I should have known about these things. I didn't. I'm embarrassed to say, um, but I learned. These are two bronze statues made somewhere in the Greek world, round about 300 BC, and um, oh, sorry, and I know you've got that. <laughs> yes. Um, well, so, um, it, they they were on a ship. Um, being sent from the Greek world to um, probably Italy to decorate some big Kubaz villa. And um, the theory is that the ship got into trouble somehow. The storm came up, um, and probably the captain decided that the best thing to do to save the ship was to heave these things overboard. Um, and they each weigh something like 300 pounds apiece. Um, so um, fast forward till uh, the 1970s, there was a scuba diver on his last day of vacation, uh, snorkeler, sorry, and his fin flicked the sand at the bottom of the um, sea off the southeast coast of Italy near the town of Riace, and a hand emerged from the sand. He had a moment of, yeah, a really scary moment because he thought it was a dead oh, person. Of course it was not. Archaeologists got involved um, and uh, curators, got, uh, curators got involved, conservators got involved. They cleaned up these statues and now they are the most beautiful, extraordinary statues and they are in a museum in Rialce. Now, why are these included in this book? Well, back in those days, bronze was very valuable. And as soon as people were through with something or something was not fashionable, it got melted down. So it was fortunate that these statues were heaved off the ship into the sea um, because there they remained. And they have survived from, uh, for us. And they are two very rare examples of really astoundingly beautiful Greek sculpture in bronze. Oh my gosh, Anne! You have the you know, the passion in your voice, the delight you share in these stories. You can just—I mean, for our listeners out there, you will find this and way more in this book. I would love to talk with you all day. Unfortunately, we have to close. I know you have other people on your list to speak with, but before we leave, do you have any final thoughts about what you hope your readers will take away from getting their hands on lost cities, ancient tombs? Well, I do. I think, you know, as I've been thinking about this book, it really is a celebration of the human journey um, from three points a million years ago right through the sinking of the Titanic in 1912. And it really is a celebration of human intelligence and creativity and resilience. Um, and I think it is interesting to think about the fact that our ancestors went through some really tough times 
and they did not have the benefit of modern medicine or modern science and still they've left us all of these really beautiful and wonderful legacies. And so I think we can take inspiration from that and say, you know, we will survive and we will do that too. We will leave wonderful legacies to the people who come after us. Oh, and on that beautiful and very high note, I will need to close, but wow, thank you so much for not only sharing your time and information, but sharing your passion and your obvious love for the subject matter you cover in this amazing book. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Well, and I do urge all of you listeners, please check out National Geographics and, of course, Anne Williams, my cousin, I guess. <laughs> her her <laughs> latest book, uh, Lost Cities, Ancient Tombs, it provides real insights and some of, into some of the ancient world's greatest secrets and will make for the perfect holiday gift for any history buffs on your list. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.